Well, thanks for sharing. And I just had a few comments on, um, on just that gratitude and, and giving thanks. And I kind of drifted back when I, um, when I graduated from college and this is after I had a, a graduate degree, I got it in business. And, uh, so I ended up working for the, the boys clubs of uh, Aurora, Colorado, and I was their athletic director. And my parents asked me quite frequently, so why did you get a master's in business? But I couldn't really explain it. <laughs> I think we've all been there a few times. And, and at the club, though, we, uh, we worked with underserved kids uh, from East Denver in the, in the Aurora area. And on Saturdays in the fall, kind of like we've had these, these past few weeks, I would drive our, our nine and 10 year old youth football team from East Colfax Avenue in Aurora all the way to West Denver for, for our weekly games. And then after the game on the way home and I was driving a, just a plain white van and had the little Aurora Boys Club logo on it. It was a long drive back, it's, you know, 30 to 40 minutes depending on the, on the traffic. And as you know, I, I kind of have a, I always have this craving, I guess you could call it an addiction for my cold Pepsi or cold pop. And so on the way back, it was in the afternoon and I would start craving having a, a cold soda pop. And I had all these kids with me and I go, well, I can't really stop and get one for myself and, and not for them as well. And so one Saturday, as I was driving home and I had this craving, I, I hollered at the kids like Rose is trying to get her. I hollered at the kids, do y'all want to stop at McDonald's and get a Coke? And they all yelled, yeah, we, we love McDonald's. Yeah, let's stop, Craig. And of course, they immediately followed up with, but we don't have any money. And I said, well, that's okay. I said, I'll, I'll spot you. And everybody was cheering or yelling, yeah, we're going to stop at McDonald's. And then Patrick, who was our, our quarterback and the leader on the team, he says, can I get a, a junior hamburger instead of a Coke Craig? And then Kenyatta said, uh, well, can I get a fry and I can split it with uh, Patrick. And so we can just have a whole meal together. And then Pedro was moaning. He goes, Craig, he goes, I'd rather have a chocolate shake in, instead of a, a Coke. Is, is that okay? And I just said, I'm driving this whole time. And I had all this list of different things they wanted. And I said, stop. I said, we're going to get 14 medium Cokes or nothing. And they said, nothing. I said, yeah, nothing. They said, they said all right. They said, how about a, a Sprite, though, or a Dr. Pepper? And I said, well, that's fine. I said, you can order any medium soft drink that you would like. And they said, all right. And so we, I parked the van and we walked in to McDonald's. And it was like I had... 13 little ducks behind me and they were all following behind me. And then they loved to wear their football uniform everywhere we went. And so they had on their shoulder pads and their, their pants and their cleats. And they always wore their helmets when we would wander outside as well. Cause they said, well, in case we get into a fight, Craig, this, we want to have our helmets on. I said, okay, you can wear your helmets if you, if you want to. And so I got up to the counter and I told the, 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 the cash attendant there, the, the server, I said, we would like 14 medium Cokes, please. And then she said, well, would you like anything else? <laughs> and sure enough, Patrick, he started to say something. And I said, no, I said, we don't want anything else, just 14 medium Cokes. And so we got our Cokes and we sat down in the dining room. 
And when we sat down, just all the stories and all the laughter that flowed. And we'd relay certain plays that happened during the game. And one particular Saturday, I remember Cedric, who happened to be the the biggest kid on our team, he picked up a, a fumble and he got confused of where he was and he started running the wrong way. And we were screaming at him. And Patrick, who was the fastest kid on our team, he, he caught him very quickly and, and literally turned him around and started pointing him in the in the right direction. And we would just laugh and, and tell all these stories. And the kids would talk about school, the good things, as well as the struggles they had and their teachers and in their home life, and also just sharing their, their dreams. We all did this around that, that medium, medium Coke. And of course, everybody's dream at that time, they were all going to grow up and play for the, for the Denver Broncos someday. And when we left McDonald's, all those kids would always, I never had to prompt them. They'd always say, thank you, Craig. This was so much fun. And they'd say, let's do this again next Saturday. And we did. And we were really just a bunch of old men from nine years old. And I was 25 years old at the time just telling stories and and drinking Coca-Cola. Nowadays, we'd probably be drinking coffee, but it was just a bunch of old men gathered together, (laughs) sharing these stories and sharing all all the whoppers. But their gratitude and their kindness always just lifted my spirit. And it was just contagious how often they gave thanks for everything. And that reminds me of Paul writing this, this letter to the Thessalonians just to, to confirm and to encourage people of faith to live well and to embody Christ. And often when we think about our faith, it, it kind of focuses on beliefs, but it, it's really more about a way of life. How are we going to live day to day? And Paul writes, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so is giving thanks a way of life for us? Is it a discipline that we follow? And is it a practice that we we cultivate? And those kids who had very little, and they'd been knocked around at a very early age in life, they always thanked me for every little thing. I'd hold a practice and they'd thank me for having a practice. They'd thank me for the ride in the van. They, they always thanked me for their, for their uniforms and the uniforms were not <laughs> the best, but they just appreciated everything. And of course, they really loved getting that medium Coke every Saturday. And gratitude transforms our hearts from the inside out. Do we give thanks throughout our day for the blue skies? And for the dark skies, for the golden leaves and, and the green leaves, for a soft, cool breeze and a warm breeze as well. Do we give thanks for a friendly ho- hello or for a car that works and starts in the morning? Do we give thanks for the air that we breathe, for a hot meal in a warm bed? Do we give thanks just for the ability to get up and to work? Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. Are we open to the possibility that there can be hidden blessings or fruit that emerges from our adversity and from our struggles? And looking back, maybe we can give thanks 
for that moment. I can remember when I first uh, arrived in uh, Mancus, and that was a little over 18 years ago. And I would visit a, an elderly lady who lived at the Minifee Apartments. And I'd call her up and tell her I was coming over, and I'd always knock on her door, and she would open it up, and she always had this great big smile. And she would th- say, thank you for coming, Pastor. And she always insisted that I sit next to her living room window so that I could see the sky in the tree outside of her apartment. And she go, isn't it lovely? She goes, I can just see God's beauty in that tree. And very much like those kids, she never stopped giving thanks. And I always thought, is she for real? <laughs> How can someone give thanks for everything when she had so, so little? She lived alone and her kids rarely came to visit. And I can remember asking her, I said, why are you so happy? And she would get very quiet. And she said, well, sometimes I do get lonely. And sometimes I have a good cry. She goes, but every morning I wake up and I put my feet on the floor and I say, thank you, God, that I can put my feet on the floor. And then I can just start looking around me and I can just see God's presence and feel it. And I said, what about when you can't put your feet on the floor? And then she always had that little smile. She said, well, hopefully by that time, I'll be in heaven. And I'll give thanks to God for that as well. So do we make a practice, not being a Pollyanna, but just really seeing things to be grateful for in our day-to-day life? And Morris West, he, he wrote an autobi- autobiography late in his life. And he said, when you get to be 75 years old, he says, your vocabulary should be pretty simple. He said, you only need two words, and that's thank you. And Father Rollheiser says, gratitude is the mark of genuine maturity. And I say, regardless of our faith, that gratitude is a mark of maturity, of spiritual health. Gratitude. Giving thanks is not always easy to come by, though, because we all have hurts, we all have our wounds, and nobody comes to adulthood, let alone to old age, without being deeply hurt, Rollheiser says. And Alice Miller, a renowned uh, psychologist, she says, at a certain point in our lives, the question is no longer, am I hurt? But the question rather is, what is my hurt? What is my wound and how can I move beyond it? And our only real choice is between bitterness and forgiveness, between anger and getting on with life. And Diana Butler Bass says to be grateful is to be forgiving. She says gratitude calls us to continually remove our defensive armor and create an inner space where the spirit of God's grace and peace can live. And I think we create that space by spending that time in meditation or contemplative prayer, that space to let go and to let God in and to experience that grace and that goodness. Paul knew that gratitude heals our wounds and it also restores us. And as we grow more mature, with gratitude and grace, we can walk with a victorious limp. That's the expression uh, Renan Manning uses. 
that we walk with a victorious limp and our wounds become sacred and we can give thanks. And I remember that ragtag nine and 10 year old team that I coached so many years ago. Now on every Saturday we would stop after the game and enjoy our, our medium Coke. And we won every game and we were undefeated and we were always celebrating. And then as it often happens or it will happen, we lost our last game. So everything changed. And the kids, they were mad. <laughs> they were very hot. <laughs> as soon as we lost that game and the clock struck zero, they started screaming, they cheated. The other team cheated. And I said, no, we just lost the game. But they kept insisting. They said, no, they were, they were playing 13-year-olds, Craig. And I said, no, we just lost the game. I said, we need to learn to lose and we need to learn to win as well. And they said, Craig, they said, they said, we know those guys. They're not nine or 10 years old. Well, I had a, a mutiny on my hand in the middle of this field and we were arguing and fighting and talking about trying to learn to lose well and they would not let up. So finally, the, I went to the league director and we were playing at his, his boys club, at least the field at his club. And I went up to him and they were following me around like, the little ducks that they were, and they <laughs> were falling by me as I talked to the director. And I said, well, our guys think the other team played kids that were too old, that they're 13, maybe even 14 years old. And I said, well, you check their, their birth certificates. And he was kind of hemming and hawing. And he said, ah, I don't know, because it was we were playing the team from his club. And I said, well, you check the, the birth certificates. And the kids were yelling, those guys aren't, aren't nine or 10 years old. So we walked into his office and all those kids were following right behind me. And he opened up his file and started looking for all these birth certificates. And the kids even knew the names of these other kids. And so he looked and looked. And so finally he found their birth certificates. And he said, you're right. He goes, they're 13 years old. And those kids yelled, said, we told you, we told you they were too old. And so we ended up winning the game by a disqualification. And Patrick, our quarterback said, but we didn't get to celebrate. We didn't get to really enjoy doing well or winning the game. He said, we got robbed. And we talked just about how life is not always fair. And sometimes we get shortchanged, but we still stopped on the way home. We still stopped at McDonald's, enjoyed our medium Coke, and told our stories. There's still reason to give thanks. And I was thinking of those kids and all the setbacks they've had. And I'm glad we have a couple of you youngsters here on the call today. They're actually in their early 40s now. <laughs> and just thinking about all the highs and lows they've experienced throughout the years and getting married and kids and struggles and trying to hold jobs. And hope that they can just go back to maybe when their lives were a little bit more simple. And they could just give thanks for being able to play a game and to laugh and, and to tell stories. And just enjoying simple things like sharing a, a little Coke and giving thanks. And I pray for all of us as well that as we go through our lives and as we grow up and have more responsibilities, 
that we too can just remember to give thanks in all circumstances. Amen.